happen to me if I fail your test? Eva. Will it be bad? Let's take that again. All right, everybody. Welcome to Sequelitis. I'm Matt. I'm Manny. And, and today we're joined by my good friend, Rob Copeland. Hey, everybody. Rob, tell us a little bit about your uh, credentials. That way the uh, listeners can Are get you to know qualified you. to talk about movies, Rob? Absolutely not. <laughs> okay. I'm in no way entitled to... Then you're in good company because neither are either of us. Awesome. Awesome. No, I'm excited to hear what you guys think about this movie. All right. So we just watched the movie Ex Machina. Yes. And then we took a three-day break, and now we're talking about it. Yeah, and um, Ex Machina is not a sequel, it's not a remake, it's not a prequel, but the reason why I came to you and said we need to talk about this movie is because, number one, um, if you haven't seen Ex Machina um, and you intend to see it, I'm going to recommend that you stop listening to this right now, go watch it, and then come back and listen to this. This is definitely a movie to where the less you know about what happens, the better you're going to enjoy the film. Um, but that being said, if you watch the movie, you know how it ends. You know that it ends in a way to where you definitely could have a sequel about it. And we intend to talk about uh, potential sequels that you could make for this movie. But what uh, we really want to talk about is we want to talk about AI and film. Because that's a huge interest of yours. That's our bad towel. Hold on, Rob. <clears throat> but I think this movie actually is sequelitis. Or it's a version of sequelitis called Originalis. Originalitis. How would you say that? Original originalitis. <laughs> originalitis. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Okay, and define what that means. What that means is this movie uses every trope, it pulls every cliche that there is in the book. Everything is either a version of something from real life or a version from something from a movie, something we've seen a hundred million times. It was it was derivative the derivative Picasso. Okay. It's totally unoriginal in every way. <clears throat> but fantastically well made, avant garde, uh, originally composed and shot, you know, originally envisioned, and, and with the most stunning special effects that you will see this year or that you've seen since Jurassic Park. I mean, fantastic effects. Like, seeing the movie is to see those effects, and to see those effects makes you believe, like, there is something to, to the n- next form of. Uh, CGI. Yeah, definitely. The way that they did, <clears throat> the way that they did the effects, it really wasn't CGI. What they did is they shot a plate. They shot the scene with the actress in place. And uh, forgive me, I don't know her name off the top of my head. She was fantastic. Alicia Vikander. Yeah, Alicia Vikander was fantastic in this movie. Oscar Isaac was fantastic in oh, this yeah. movie. Fantastic. I'd actually, because I'd just seen it recently and I hadn't seen it previously. Um, so he'd been out of theaters for a while and now it was on Blu-ray. I forgot Oscar Isaac was in it and that was one of the most wonderful discoveries other than Alicia Vikander is, yeah. is how awesome she was. Uh, Domin Hall Gleason is also in it, uh, which is funny because both those actors are in Star, Star Wars, Wars, Force Awakens. And I didn't um, recognize Dom Hall Gleason from one role to the other though, because I've seen both those movies. I had never seen it before this. I mean, really, it's a cast of four people. Like, there's there's four people, and then there's a few people you see at the beginning, and then there's the helicopter pilot. That's it. That's all you see in this whole movie. Um, you don't even end up hearing other people's voices. Well, other than other than the the actresses that that played the other uh, androids, but even still, like, you don't even actually see them in action. Mm-hmm. You just see recordings of them in action. And that footage where they show him building the androids and they show the androids attacking the glass, like. 
that was the most like heartbreaking moment for sure. Yeah. And and what was really cool about that, um, and this is where you feel like the film is going to go in a very um, interesting direction, um, you know, based on on what you're getting so far, is you start to see a, a more sinister side of Oscar Isaac's character Nathan, and you sort of see like the the, the things that he's doing, and, and basically there is a level of cruelty that you're seeing on display. But there wasn't a whole lot of explanation as for like exactly what was going on. It was just enough to give you a sense that he's doing like really cruel, really horrible things, and that he's doing it from this sort of like scientific, like completely heartless place. Yeah, and um, also taking the whole like sex bot angle and kind of working it into the movie was something that. I, I didn't really see coming. I, I guess I didn't see the trailers because people say it was obvious from the trailers. But I mean, like they have a sexy robot in in I Ro- or no in yeah an iRobot. They have that sexy guy robot played by what's his name? An iRobots. Yeah. There's a sexy guy robot in iRobot. Yeah, played by. I don't know. iRobot sucks. So. And there was a cute girl in that. They didn't get together and bang. You know, and I, yeah. I didn't turn that movie on thinking like, oh, this guy is going to bang one yeah, of these but chicks. Seriously, like, like, if you, if you just because she was a girl robot, I did, that did not enter my mind. Okay, so if we're talking about, if we're talking about AI films, iRobot is a far inferior film to Ex Machina. Now, if you're going to the source material, like if you, if you want to talk about iRobot, you know, the source material for that, that's probably a much better story than, than what you get in Ex Machina. But in terms of films and execution, which is what we're talking about, Ex Machina is, is by far superior. And, and it's better than AI, which was a very disappointing film that I think had a lot of promise to it. And I thought you were trying to talk about the actor from that film, and I'm forgetting his name, and a lot of people that know me are going to make fun of me for that. Yeah, Jude Law. Jude Law. Jude Law. Yeah. Well, you haven't you haven't said Alan much so far, Ro. Sure. No, man, I was just really interested in what you guys were saying about is it. Is Alan Tudyk? Is he like a funny British guy? Um, no one gives a shit about iRobots. So just <laughs> drop it, dude. <laughs> it might be it might be that dude. The dude Sorry from to Firefly. the one iRobot fan that's yeah. listening to this right now. I don't mean to hurt your feelings, Matt, but you know that movie sucks. I'm not I'm not here to comment about iRobot. You know, I don't think iRobot. You're the one who brought it up. All I said was that iRobot is a movie that has identical looking robots in it. Yeah. And so I think there is a relation. That's all I'm saying. So you want to turn it into something that's not. <laughs> it has identical freaking looking robots. You're, you're the one who had to get up, go, and actually grab your DVD. No, I, I cheated. Like, oh, okay. Right yeah. on. I was trying to cheat, but it was Because I thought you were talking long. about AI. That's Steven Jude Spielberg Law. Standing, yeah. Yeah. I now he plays a sexy Law. robot that does fuck. Because I'm just like, man, who gives a shit about... Well, I haven't seen that movie, but that's like the one memorable part where he's like, He's like, hello, ladies, you know, whatever, however he talks. Hey, right. Yeah. yeah, no, he's very... He's, he's like, care for a swing or something like that. Like, like, at the time, like, he was by far the best actor to play that role. Like, he just had the charisma, and he had the look and everything to pull that off. But that is that is the rare kind of, like, example of a movie to where there is a male android, or an android with male sexuality, and his primary role is as a, a sexual being. He's not a sex slave, but he is a prostitute in that movie. But Whereas, that's that's a huge component, and you slowly start to get it with Ex Machina, is sort of the, the, the sexual aspect of the movie. And they have a very good, and I, I think a very intelligent discussion about sexuality and about why you would give an artificially sentient um, being uh, sexuality. 
And, you know, and with that, they sort of sometimes do play around with really meaningful, like, thoughtful, computer-oriented, like, intelligent ways of thinking. And, like, that's one of those examples of how they sort of come close to it in one moment, but yet pull so far away from it in, in the very next moment. And... Go ahead. Oh, no, I was just going to say, man, that scene is really great. Like, that that was one of those... Uh, it was a cool discussion to hear about it. And yeah. what, what I really liked about a lot of the movie is just how uh, tight the scenes are. Mm-hmm. Like, the scenes are really... Uh, they drag as far as, like... They, they don't run really fast, but the structure of the movie goes really quick. Yeah. You know, it's a very tight movie. Every line has a real purpose toward moving the story forward. You start yeah. out immediately as soon as the guy gets there. You don't really get a lot of backstory. I was really cool with that, except... Um, I'm cool making a lot of my own decisions as far as, like, they leave a lot for you, the viewer, to kind of figure out for yourself. Which I really like and appreciate in the movie. I, I do, too. I definitely do. Um, I, I don't know if we were rolling early when we were talking about the ending. Uh, no, we weren't. Oh, okay. Well, we, we was... have. I don't know, because I, I want to start off with the positive stuff, because I feel pretty negative about the ending, but we can jump into it. Well, no, no, no. Ending? There's a lot of positive stuff. I mean, yeah, it's, it's and... a really, like, it, it's acted perfectly really i mean i thought everybody was really good in it you know especially for three people you know uh the score was well really four because i thought i thought the actress that played kyoko absolutely no you're totally right she did a great job of just just doing as much as she could with with so little doesn't utter a line the entire movie no no that dance scene is real crazy that's the most memorable on the bed when she peels off her face like that's that's like sensual and haunting at the same time, which is my. Oh, I didn't get the sensualness of it. You're a weird guy, man. <laughs> she's nude. She's yeah, lying she's there just nude. Sitting there peeling it off. She's lying there nude, like she's expecting him to come in, like she's ready to be taken. Uh-huh. And then when when she sees that that he is is realizing like what's going on and and what Nathan has been doing, that's when she just automatically goes and just peels her face off. And then he has that nightmare image later of like her like missing the center of her face. Yeah. And like that that is it's I mean it's good because you you still get like the the beauty of of someone who has like perfect skin and a perfect figure and everything. At the same time, you do get that kind of horrific look of of flesh against metal. Yeah. You know, flesh against something that's artificial. And it's really trying to hammer that point home, but it does a very good job of being kind of nuanced in the way that it does it. I agree, and whenever the uh, cinematography changes and everything turns red for those scenes, like they sell that whole lighting scheme perfectly. Yeah. You know, because you would wonder, like, how is everything bathed in red light in, in just this way? But you stop wondering because you enjoy the effect of it so much. Yeah. And you enjoy how it's like pulling you into the movie. I also think the scene work kind of play off what Rob was saying earlier. Like, the scene work was really good, but at the same time, it was like it was building the house of cards that was the plot. I felt yeah. like every plot was, was such a thin line that they had to walk. You know, why would Caleb do this? Why would he sign the non-disclosure agreement? Why would he even agree to this? You know, so we see that scene. You know, we see all these impossible scenes that never really make any sense, but they give us these characters that walk us through it and make it feel like they're believable decisions. But really, the characters are all making a series of horrible decisions. Yeah. You know, especially Nathan towards the end when he knows she's dropping the power, he's got the camera on her he knows she's malicious she says that she hates him like he's really pushing his own luck by continuing on with this game yeah and there's there's a lot that we can we can talk about just in in terms of the flaws of nathan's 
the character of Nathan, his his decision making and uh, decision making and why he would do the things that he did, you know, and not make better decisions. Not like I mean, again, it's one of those things where we have hindsight, so we can look back at it and go, "Oh no, don't do that." But there there are certain things that are obvious. Like you're watching it happen, and it, it's a movie that up until you get to a certain point. It's kind of hard to predict exactly what's going to happen, but then it becomes incredibly predictable. And basically everything that you expect to happen does happen. Like, with the exception of, of maybe a couple of things, like, everything sort of happens in a way that you can see coming before it occurs. And I feel like the very ending, you know, the final fate of what happens to Ava, the inventor, Nathan, and Caleb, is ultimately is as sequelitis as it gets. Like, this is the ending that this movie has to have from the word go. Like if you have a movie where there's AI, if you want it to be a successful movie, it has to end with the creation killing the creator. Like that's just the the mode that Hollywood and yeah, and people of this era right now, like that's the movie that they're going to make. And that was disappointing to see them go down that old trap and yeah, because here's the thing, you and I have had a discussion about this before is a lot of sci-fi stories, especially ones that are more mainstream, kind of have the same theme of like the dangers of technology and the dangers of advanced technology and you know they they serve almost as like cautionary tales but they don't do it in like an intelligent satisfying way at least not to me mm -hmm. um where I, I think that if you're going to have a tale that's about like you know um a reckless use of technology like you need to show that there's some level of recklessness you know, and you need to show kind of in a way that is cautionary, but also is a a point where people can learn from it. And I don't feel like there is that in this at all, because Nathan was presented as, you know, a one of a kind genius where he had no equal on the face of the earth. Mm -hmm. And the only way that he could be bested was by uh, a creation of his own that managed to manipulate somebody else to do the things that she was not able to do. Um, I do want to go back to to one thing that Rob was sort of talking about, and 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 some in in a way that I want to praise this movie because there's a lot of like there's a lot of flaws that I can point out with this movie, but definitely one way I want to praise. I agree with everything you said about the filmmaking and about you know the way that they shot scenes, the way that they set up their their lighting, their color, and everything. Um, they did a lot with what they had to do. Uh, I don't know if you guys realize this. They shot the movie inside of a hotel, like I think in like Denmark or something. I did. So that's read why that. it's got the real unique look to the building. And if you know that when you go back and watch it, you can kind of pick out that oh yeah, I get that it is shot in this very like uh, cutting edge, modern looking hotel, very stylistic. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that's and that's actually part of the reason why they do the key cards uh, because those were already on the doors and they can't just remove them. Uh, their production. They purposely had a very uh, low-budget, limited production because Alex Garland, the writer-director, he wanted he, he wanted to be able to realize his vision. He didn't want to be beholden to somebody else. And so they were able to raise enough money to shoot the film that they have, and that's why their cast is primarily just four actors. Yeah. Uh, that's why their location is, you know, it's primarily all in this one location, almost exclusively indoors yeah. and even when you are outside of there in the outside world you don't you don't see anything um and, but still they do so much with so little and one thing that i did want to say is uh there's there's two types of films that you have when it comes to delivering exposition a bad film 
gives you exposition that you don't care about, whereas a good film gives you exposition in a way that you don't realize that it's giving you exposition unless you're somebody who's a writer and you know how to pick up on those things. I agree with that totally, man. Uh, do you know, is this his first movie to direct? I know he's written a bunch. Yeah, but first yes. movie. Yes. And the idea that he had for this movie, um, he first conceived it when he was like 11 or 12 years old. I want to say this is a fairly young guy. He's probably younger than the three of us. Um, you know, but, but it's an idea that he sat on for at least a decade. And it, it came to a point to where uh, they did have... You know, the technology isn't like cutting edge in the technology that they use to create Ava's body um, because it's rotoscoping, which is something that's been around for decades. Um, but they did it in a way that between like the use of, of computers, editing software, um, they were able to create a very, very effective effect. Oh, man, and it looks awesome. It, it really is. The first time you see her is mind-blowing. Absolutely, yeah. man. And that's why I was asking about whether this was his first time. I mean... I understand the dude's written movies, so he's been around a movie set. I get it, but man, to, to direct it and it looked that good. Everything looked awesome. The like you were talking about. Now that I see, now that I know that, the next time I check it out, I will be looking at that because I thought it was cool. Like the way the key cards, you know, like opened up the door and then you know he yeah. could do that whole dude. It looked great and like everything was scored really well. I'm I'm assuming that's a score and not yeah, you know, no, whatever. it is a score. Yeah, and it was. All, all those really yeah, and the score was, fit the, the, yeah, the, the, the action on screen was, so well, simple, and it's minimal, it like, super yeah, minimal. minimal. It's, it's that style of what you had. Yeah, it's that style that you had with Drive, which which with Drive, like I don't know that it always fit perfectly with with the movie, but the the sort of feeling that you were getting from the movie and what it was trying to make you feel, like the score matched up to that. Whereas Absolutely. with yeah. this movie, it does it so effectively because it does give you this kind of cold, impersonal, technological sort of sense, mm -hmm. which is what you're you're supposed to be getting from this film. And it also portrayed the outdoors and nature like an unnatural place for human beings to be. It seemed like they were struggling there, and you know the designed like robot world that was more well suited to the humans. Yeah, you know, it w it was a place that you you get the sense that what they were going for is they wanted something that looked like where you would go to have this sort of serene retreat, but at the same time, while you're in the middle of all this nature and everything, you never can get comfortable. And that's the thing, is you're never, like, like the, from the very first moment he shows up, like, he gets off the helicopter, he hikes over to um, Nathan's, what's supposed to be Nathan's house, um, you, you're never comfortable after that. You never have a sense of comfort for the whole movie. And that's something that it does really, really well. And that's, that's to Alec Garland's credit. Despite all the praise that we're heaping on here, this is where I want to point out that ultimately it's disappointing that they weren't able to do even more with this. Because you do have something that... I don't think you're a very big fan of 2001 Space Odyssey, I'm right? personally not. No. I'm not a yeah. big Stanley Kubrick fan. Did this give you some of the... Like, was this familiar to that? Yeah, that's, that's sort of what I was trying to say earlier in that the, the entire thing is derivative. Like, that was basically taking, you know, what was great about 2001, which was the visuals and, and its look ahead into the future, and was really, like, building off of that, like, in a positive way. And, you know, it, it, like, it masters derivativeness. I don't mean to, to say it like it's an insult. It's like they've mastered every one of those pieces. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's... Well, it's, it's sort of like, um, I don't know, it... Do you have something to say? If I if I remember what I want to say, I'll bring it back up. Oh yeah, no, no, I, I was going to agree with you about the feel because he even says he has a line or something, and 
when he shows him the room for the first time, he says something about, does it feel claustrophobic? And it's just a little throwaway that you kind of, I, I felt it was kind of a throwaway little line or whatever. But I agree with you. What As you go through the film, it does make you feel really uncomfortable. And it's just got like the whole vibe of the movie, you know, gets real there, especially when the Nathan character, you know, he kind of turns on a dime, you know, that first time and you see him just kind of be that guy, you know, or whatever. It it's It was really just tense, you know, and by the end of the movie, it's like, wow, it is like fever pitch tense, you know what I mean? Like when, when you find out that, uh, is the other guy Caleb? Yeah, Caleb, Caleb yeah. and Nathan. When, yeah. when Caleb was like one step ahead of Nathan in, in his plan or whatever, and he'd already taken his key card, yeah. and then all that was just, you know, it was just really fever pitch, like tension, and it was it was, it was was crazy. Yeah, can I can I pitch what I imagine was the initial plot of the ending? What would have made more sense to me, and this is my one of my few gripes, but I feel like the the uh, Ava robot trying to kill Nathan at the end like I didn't like that I think what they were going for was that she needs to try to escape you know in order for her to escape you've got one key card that opens everything one key card that doesn't Nathan lets him know from the get go that he's a drunk and he lets him know by that first night that he'll knock out and give him access to anything all he's got to do is go through this whole ritual with him so he sets up this flaw on himself you know then he starts communicating with Ava. Ava convinces him to go steal the key card while he's drunk, and then. But really, Nathan knows the whole time that the key card won't open every door. It'll put her into this other trap, and then he'll know that she has artificial intelligence because she tried to escape. Yeah. And and that's what he. That's probably what the original draft was like. I imagine that was one of the original ideas. And I just hate that it has to become this like this technophobia ending. You know, because the robots aren't going to well, kill the people. I'll say that I don't think it's. <clears throat> I don't think it's solely technophobia, um, but I think there there is a an undercurrent of misogyny in in, yeah. in the movie, um, in that it it presents you these these robots and that they all are female. So that could you could argue that that speaks to the perversion of Nathan, Nathan, right? You know, and that he's somebody that sort of whenever it comes to creating these these beings. That the place where he draws inspiration from is what he's attracted to, which is what he does to Caleb, and that's why Ava looks different than pretty much all of the other robots he created. Because Kyoko is is someone who who looks like she's a Pacific Islander, someone someone Asian. Um, definitely the the one Asian robot that he creates, you know, very Asian, most likely, you know. Chinese something. What wasn't one of his other models, or was there a couple of other models? That he were he had like five other models, um, and uh, one of them, one of them, he actually did have a, a black model, but mm-hmm. uh, or African American, um, yeah. or she could be from anywhere. I mean, she's a robot; she doesn't really have a nationality. Sure, uh, but yeah. she didn't have a face. Yeah, and then there was a blonde one, but you only see the blonde one hanging up inside of the the closet. It almost looks like. It's an incomplete sort of doll that he was making. Yeah. And so there is kind of the, the Edward Scissorhands, I think you brought that yeah. up, Edward Scissorhands kind of effect going on, but more so if Edward Scissorhands, if, if um, the creator of Edward Scissorhands was a pervert and he was trying to make a fuck doll, <laughs> which Weird with, with the Ava models, he's not trying to make a fuck doll. He, he says explicitly, I'm like her father. There's not... She's not going to be attracted to me, and I, I, I made sure that it's imprinted on her that she's not attracted to me. But at the same time, if he's saying that, he also created Kyoko. Weird science, they make and, a sex bot. Yeah, yeah. They, <laughs> they wished a sex bot into life, and then magic thunder or magic lightning made that happen. No, they created a robot, a sex bot. Yeah. 
That's what I heard. But you were you were <laughs> confused about that earlier. But that's actually something that uh, that AC brought up. Yeah, she showed disgust in the movie, and she re- she said she refused to watch it because she despised the way that women were treated as sex bots. And I disagree with her on on refusing to watch it. I think she definitely needs to like watch the film. I think she said Ken watched it. I can't remember. I think I think Ken tried to watch it, and she like slapped the remote out of his hand. You know, definitely you should try to watch it because then, and you've you've taught me this lesson over and over. You've talked to me about Mike Hallbocking something. I tried, but in order to to really give something a true, honest criticism, yeah, you have to you have see to it. understand what it's about. Yeah, but a lot of the points that she did make to me, she was she was pretty on the nose about. And I was actually surprised that I don't feel like anyone I know came to me and was like, "Ex Machina, that's a good movie. See that movie, you know." And like, that's a movie that that people should be talking about because I think it is that good. They really should, dude. I heard about it way after the facts like from someone it was already like on demand when i could get to it too and it was it was one of those deals to where um i didn't know what to think because i didn't see any of the trailers or anything for when it came out so you know i went into a pretty blank slate and it was really which is a good way it's it's the way you should go yeah no it it was and you know overall i really enjoyed it as far as you know there was definitely some things that i thought were a little bit disappointing I, i think like the ending you were talking about earlier um, I think that would have been a lot more satisfying, you know, especially after you get to a, I, I, it was such a tense movie at times, you know. I was really wanting that satisfaction at the end, and you know what we got was just not like not if really there. if he could have Caleb could have left the island and been heartbroken for Ava, and the audience been heartbroken for Ava, like that would have been a good ending, you know. That well, even if you left it kind of open note where or open ended to where you know uh, Nathan forces him to leave. And, like, Caleb, like, they have a showdown, and the showdown is, is Caleb making Nathan promise that he won't, uh, he won't erase Ava, you know? Or, what if you go the opposite way and you turn it into a rape bot? What I thought the movie was about uh, before I had ever watched it, I thought Caleb given sentience to a robot, and that robot, became, <laughs> that robot became obsessed with him. And that's what I thought the movie was about. I thought the movie was going to be about him getting, you know, stalked by this ro- like like Cape Fear, but with a robot. I was so and a sh- dude. I yeah. was, from, <laughs> for me, from what I saw from the trailers, all I remember was being like shocked at how much it looked like the iRobot robots, and I was just like, really? The I because they're such bad robots in iRobot. Like I remember, oh, no. the, the Ava looks way better than iRobot. I know, for and, sure. and in the actual movie, I didn't feel that way. But in the trailer, for some reason, I just felt that way. Maybe I saw it on a small TV or something. Yeah, no, I mean it was the, the look of the film is absolutely. Yeah, and the way Ava looks is amazing. The the way that they build her with that mesh, and then you can see her, you know, working parts underneath that. I, I really appreciate that they even try to tackle the idea of. A wetware brain. Even though I think they got the term wetware from Johnny Mnemonic. Which <laughs> I was trying to think of the only other place I've heard that. I spent some quality time thinking like, wetware, wetware, right. what is that? Pop quiz. Johnny Mnemonic or hackers? Johnny Mnemonic, yeah. for sure. Okay. Johnny Mnemonic is the, uh, that was one of those. Hackers is that... total trash. I can't even. Well, here's one of the things though, is, is the film is, is executed well enough that you never once question the fact that that this guy who who created the algorithm for what is in the world of this film, like Google, except ten times bigger. It's like Google plus Apple somehow. Yeah. Um, 
But you never question the fact that, number one, in order for him to create something like Ava and the previous models to Ava and, and Kyoko as well, number one, he has to, he has to be like this supreme uh, computer engineer. Because when he shows her brain, it's really, really cool. But there is absolutely no way that any technology like that currently exists right and now. And there's also no reason to believe that that is an idea that you even need to invest in. Like a brainish gel. Like there's no, like that's not what people think. Like people think like super fast data transfer rates on hard drives. They're not talking about jelly brains. Like, like you don't have your mind on real electronics at all. And like you're in fantasy brain world where like, the bubbles have to formulate on a molecular level. Like, what? Yeah. <laughs> and that's sort of something that you, you, you get the sense that Alex Garland, that's, that's an idea that he had. And he was like, well, if there's going to be a breakthrough, <laughs> this is how it's going to work. And it's, you know, it, it's something that, it's effective for the film. If you don't think about it too much, it's effective for well, the film. Well, but I love the line. It does look cool, too. So that yeah. really does No, it, it does look cool. And, yeah, I, yeah. and it's a really cool effect, the way they do it. And it I felt like the wetware thing was like a wink-wink to Johnny Mnemonic and like, hey, give me a break on this. The movie shows a lot of reverence <laughs> to other If uh, it is, that's films. really badass. <laughs> like, <laughs> that, that's, that was the thought yeah. I had. Because when I sat there and I thought about it, it I was like, wetware, wetware. Because like, that's what... Johnny Newmont calls the hardware the hard drive that's that lives in his brain. <laughs> yeah, he calls it wetware. Oh man, I really hope that that's true. Somebody needs to get that dude on Twitter and ask him. <laughs> but the other thing is is that Nathan would not only have to be an incredible computer engineer, but but also the the engineering that goes into building an android that moves he's the Steve way that Jobs she meets Steve Wozniak as Jekyll and Hyde. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and it's, well, and that's another thing, too, is it's a very, like, kind of Frankenstein's monster sort of tale, you know, but it's like, well, what if Frankenstein's monster wasn't, wasn't like a big, dumb, you know, murderer, but instead was a beautiful, like, cunning, intelligent murderer? Uh, oh, man, and she was, dude, she was, she was really awesome in the movie, like, I really enjoyed all those scenes where he was just talking to her and stuff, you know, where she turns his little joke on him and stuff. Those were excellent, man. I really enjoyed those a lot. Well, and sort of one of the most unfortunate things about this film is that the conduit between um, the performances of, um, you said it's uh, Alicia Vikander? Yeah, Vikander, I believe. Vikander and Alicia Oscar Vikander. Isaac is, is Domhnall Gleeson. Mm -hmm. And there's so few scenes between that actress and, and Oscar Isaac. Right. Um, and, and when they do have scenes, it doesn't... That's it, their House of Cards effect because their relationship doesn't make sense at all. Yeah. And, and you can't see their relationship because it would never make sense. When he walks in that room and says, I'm going to do this in plain view of both of you and tears it up and she says, I hate you. Like, that's an unrealistic thing that could be happening. Yeah, and that's, that's one problem that I, I have is that... I don't, I don't quite understand why it is that the androids hate uh, Nathan. Um, I don't, I don't understand. Because number he rapes them, man. I'm saying go the whole nine yards. <laughs> okay, well, if if that was what was going on, like they they definitely should have shown it because that definitely would have given you a sense to why Caleb would go to the to the ends that he would to sabotage him because definitely. By the time Caleb Because gets some him people drunk, have the sexual fantasy of raping girls. So what if it was a robot that you rape? I know that's dark, but like they it was a dark movie. Yeah, but like, I feel like you're you're just you're trying to add something to the film that isn't there. 
No, I'm just saying that would have been one way that it could have stayed the same as it is, but yeah, but been good and like, and then I would have liked the killing at the end because I'd be like, oh, you're raping this intelligent thing, like that's wrong. Yeah, and instead they they leave you. But with they didn't these mixed do that. And that's what like... that's what makes it not an offensive thing. I think is that they didn't do rape bots. So yeah, I don't think they were offensive to women ultimately. But I did. I do think there's some sexism. I agree with you, especially in the fact that it's all attractive young ladies. Yes. All 100%. And, and they're manipulating men and murdering men in order to get what they want. That they have to use a man to, to overcome another man. You could have Alex Garland say the argument of like, well, no, this is a movie about female empowerment. But it's like, well, if it's really about female empowerment, you wouldn't show her having to murder somebody to get what she wants. You would show her using intelligence and using compassion and empathy in a way to, to achieve what she wants. Because otherwise, if you're showing that she has to murder someone to get to what, what she wants, that she's that doesn't make her, that doesn't raise her level up. It doesn't make her seem like a better being. Right, because um, if, if it's, uh, what do they call it, self-what? Oh, oh self-preservation, yeah. Yeah, so if it's, if it's all about self-preservation, then how is she going to charge her batteries via induction plates in the forest? You yeah. know, like she's not thinking in her own best interest about survival. What she, what they're confusing, they're confusing self-preservation with fight or flight. That's what I said. Yeah. They're confusing it with fight or flight. So they're pushing her to a point where she has to fight back or run or do both. And I wouldn't say that that is, is intelligence, you know? And I would also say that you can not program her to do that because that is, that's pushing the, that's pushing it too far. Like fight or flight is not where we want these robots. Yeah, I mean, for, for most creatures um, that have, I mean, because most, most higher forms of life have a sense of self-preservation. And, like, there's, there is a, a significant gap between trying to uh, do things that, that keep you safe and keep you from harm versus, like, doing things that are causing harm to others in order to, to preserve yourself. Like, like, take a dog, for example. Like, there is, there is a lot you would have to do to a dog. Like, just, just a normal, you know, well-mannered dog before that dog turns on you in a way that is going to harm you. Well, what about this? It's and same thing for people. I mean, like, if I started attacking you right now, at what point would you get to the point to where you would be willing to use deadly force to stop me? And that is only once I get to a point to where you realize, like, okay, if I don't kill this dude, he's going to kill me. Yeah. You're okay. you know, nobody's gonna kill you. Oh, no, I hope Manny's no, no, no. a very. I'm not, I'm not gonna kill. Manny that. always <laughs> takes it to this place. Manny, please don't kick our asses. Yes, you're stronger All than right, me, this dude. Is, this is the, please this don't is the kill point me, of Manny. Manny in the nuts. Come on, Manny, don't <laughs> kill me. Get it out of your systems. Get it out of your systems. <laughs> All right, sorry. Okay, well, it's I don't up. Know, does, does that? I guess maybe I, I never really thought of it like this, but I mean, if she's to the point where she's gonna kill him. Like, what does he do to her that you don't see as well? You know what I mean? Rape bots. Well, right. Yeah, because, I mean, I guess it, it is a little bit undersold, maybe. I think you were saying it earlier. Um, is his name Dom Hall Gleason? Because maybe yes. he's having Caleb. Se- he, maybe he's trying to really use her as a sex that, bot. That, that it was to the point where he was going to be cutting himself and, you know. Oh, we're going to make a meme tonight. Remind me later. A meme. Caleb, meme. Cut, I mean, uh, Nathan comes off as a dick, but this dude's like ready to sell him out and get this yeah caleb is ready to turn on nathan and this is the thing is this has been nathan's plan all along yet he doesn't even think that after he passed out drunk that oh hey you know what if caleb's plan is going to be to get me drunk and take my key card 
and then change the system codes, maybe he's already done it. How does Nathan not see that coming? Yeah, and you how know, if you if plan- he's smart enough to build a self-aware artificially sentient being and he's built multiple models so he's done this over and over how is he not smart enough to realize that that is what Caleb is going to do that like his whole test is precipitated upon Ava manipulating Caleb into setting her free how is Caleb going to set her free and he doesn't think to check this and that's that's his first big mistake <laughs> yeah. that that belies the character that we've been we've been set up to, to believe in since the beginning, the second thing that he does is he goes and he physically confronts her when she's with Kyoko, and it doesn't cross his mind that, hey, maybe the two of them could team up on me and really hurt me. He thinks enough that there's danger that he feels like he needs to arm himself mm-hmm. after knocking out Caleb. That was yeah. dumb. Why like, did he knock out his friend? Because he had already explained to his friend, his friend was on his side now, yeah, but he he his did it. His friend could have backed him up. See the the moment the moment when when Nathan is surprised that um, the, the the moment that you show Caleb has gotten one up on Nathan, that's where the movie falls apart, mm-hmm. and that's yeah. where the movie goes from being a really great movie that has a very pervy angle to it, right, to a not so great movie that has a lot of misogyny in it. Yeah, yeah, it really does, and it's like. You think, man, if you're really planning this out, like, are you really going to let yourself get so blackout hammered that you would let any sort of control or eye on the situation happen? Like, I mean... And any number of security features could have bypassed this. Sure, but, I mean, you're just going to get wasted. I mean, yeah. remote, remote deactivation is the simplest exactly. one. Exactly. Why A didn't safe he have room. remote de- deactivation on her? And it could be something yeah. as simple as if he says a phrase, she shuts down. He's inside that room when he decides to leave and go chase her. From inside that room, he should be able to do everything that he needs to do to make himself 100% he safe. He should never have to go and, and, and confront her no. himself. And then, and then not only that, but, you know, you make a very good point about she does the induction charging, right. which I guess someone will say, like, oh, well, all she has to do is, is go to a Starbucks and put her hand down. She'll start to charge her batteries. You know, uh, sure. But how does she know that? She doesn't no, fucking she know doesn't, that. No, because yeah. she needs a 220 volt. She's got some serious batteries. That's a 5 volt. Yeah. She needs some seri- or, or 220 uh, watts, even. So as soon as she gets to the city, she's dead, which... I mean, once she gets to the city, what is she? She doesn't know anything about this world. Like it's literally, it's literally if you took a very small child that barely knew how to walk, and then you just dropped him off in the middle of a city, and you said, "All right, how? Like, like what would happen to that fucking kid?" And like that's essentially with with this character because she doesn't know anything about the rest of the world. Now you can sit there and say like, "Well, he put everything that he had collected from Blue Book." Mm-hmm. the search engine into her head and that's where she has a lot of her intelligence and knowledge but still like that doesn't make part of what they're showing is that she's learning by experiencing and interacting with other people well i did love the line and i thought it was really smart and i feel like i'm a, a technology expert and maybe i'm not but i feel like i am <laughs> and there was one statement that he made that truly was brilliant and it's worth the price of admission which is where he says that what google, what we learned with google everybody else thought what we were learning was what you were thinking, but we, what we were really learning is how you were thinking, and I thought that was really smart, and I have seen some stuff about how people think, and how their Google searches affect what they think, and how you can track well, and also, sickness, and, yeah. and, and home surgeries, and all that, you can, you can research all these things and, and find them through Google search patterns. 
Well, they've also been able to uh, to catch murderers, you know, based on what their their Google search history is. Yeah, now it's become a common thing that they, that they say. We showed up to her house, and this baby was dead, and this knife was out, and there, there were three Google searches about how to clean blood. You know, it's like, <laughs> that's like a clue now. <laughs> Why would you be so stupid? <laughs> How to clean All right, blood. so here's here's a fun thing I want to do, and this is this is why I, I you, you talked about what happens to Ava when she's out in the real world. Which one of the one of the other big problems is why would that pilot take her back? Yeah, that's that one's really huge. Like, I mean, why even go with that? There's no way this dude. How long do they have to fly out there? Like, didn't they say in the movie? Oh yeah, he said we've been flying for like two hours. Yeah, so you gotta fly out there for two hours, and you're just gonna pick up some random barefooted chick in the middle of the woods, whom you've never met. You, he knows who he's picking up. Yeah, it's the same guy he dropped off. Maybe, maybe this pilot doesn't know anything about Nathan. He doesn't know where Nathan lives. He doesn't know what Nathan's doing there. And he thinks it's you a know. sex change operation. <laughs> I think he went to a sex change facility. <laughs> he's like, oh, welcome back, Caleb. Yeah. yeah. He's, like, he's like, oh, Caleb, they cut like six inches out of your legs. Yeah. You're so much shorter now. <laughs> he's like, just brilliant he's work. like, you should see yeah. what else they cut off. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, that yeah. is pretty, uh, that's, that's pretty weak. And especially like right there at the end, I was kind of already disappointed anyway. And it was kind of like. Yeah, she gets off the island. She's here's the other to... thing. Let's let's say there is a way for Ava to keep herself from powering down from from a lack of charge. I can once she gets I can to the create city, a scenario if you want one. I don't know well, if you do. Well, hold on. Let, let me kind of like like uh, continue walking this out. Once she gets to the city, here's here's somebody that has no identity. She knows nobody. Um, she's completely unfamiliar with the world, outside of whatever she has in her head. But. She can't go get she a job. She probably has Wi-Fi. She, but, I mean, how is that going to give her I mean, an identity? I mean, dude, if you had Wi-Fi, you could get a job. You could be somebody. You could meet somebody. She doesn't have fingerprints. She, she has Wi-Fi, have, like, a dude. social security number or anything she's like that. She's on the internet. She's completely 100% off the grid. She's Nobody knows that she exists. The two people that know she exists, one is dead and one's going to starve She's texting every lonely yeah, guy what, uh, on the block. Or she sees what, who's on the block. She starts texting them. Yeah. <laughs> Let, let's let's say let's say thirty six hours, but still, like it probably wasn't even that long because she was constantly reversing the flow in order to cause the power shortages. Yeah, yeah, she could. We could assume she had a good charge. Also, I love the thing about how she reversed the power flow to create a power outage. But the only thing that didn't make sense is that I think that that would work to bug out the system a few times, but Nathan would see and start understanding that that was what was going on. It would be clear to him, I believe. Well, and I think also Nathan, too, would have figured out that after day one, he needed to set up that, that, that battery-powered camera. Yeah. Like, like once he realizes, like, okay, the, the power is getting cut, obviously, they're, they're, if it's getting cut in the middle of them talking, what are they talking about? So he would have known. And I thought that was going to be part of the reveal, was that Nathan was going to be like, listen, I've been listening to you guys all along. And then that wasn't the reveal. It was just that he only listened that one time when they had already made the plan. And it's just like, how? I mean, how did well, you he, not do even, this? He mentions it before that. 
He mentions, like, oh, well, what'd you guys talk about? It's, it's not like he was like, oh, well, I had to go to the store and go buy the camera. He's had the camera all along. <laughs> yeah. The camera's <laughs> always been there. Well, he asks the guy, he's like, so what'd you guys talk about? And the dude obviously lies his ass off. Oh, nothing. Uh, uh. And it was like, she made a joke. Yeah, yeah I know she I, made a joke. There would have been a camera in the there. The fuck like, she say when the lights no, went out? He's, he's in there ripping out one of the sex spots eye sockets yeah. so he can make his own home camera. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, if I, repro- if I reprogram this eyeball, I can make it into a security <laughs> camera. <laughs> yeah. No, I, 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 like to, I like to think about two things happening, um, which is uh, either the horrible fate of Ava once, once human beings discover that she's, she's an AI being. Well, she yeah. just well, dropped magically into the middle of their city. No, but they led me to believe that she's going to drop down like Jeffrey Dahmer and just start killing people, just like stabbing people. <laughs> hey, turn around. Oh, you just That is stab. creepy, too, the way she did it, too. Like, just, like, just I know. Both it. of them are just oh. like... And Nathan just stood like, there. Can you stab someone that easy? Like, how sharp is that fucking knife? Well, they're not that strong, either, because he whips her ass there at the beginning. You know what I mean? When she but no, on. she's kind of trying to choke him, and yeah. he's like, he's scared enough to get a weapon. I think Manny phrased it perfectly. Yeah. If he's concerned enough to get a weapon, he's concerned. Yeah. If he's, yeah. If he's concerned at all, he needs to do something different. He, has got he a needs bad to plan. not go and confront two androids that, at this point, we have no idea what their strength level is. And they obviously don't have any, like, pain threshold, because you see the one, like, beat her own arms off. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like, these things, if they do that to your face, you don't have a face at that point, bro. No. It doesn't matter what weight bar you have with you. You could have three weight bars with you. But maybe she doesn't pack that much of a punch, right? which I think would be realistic. But I'm saying it'd be really, it'd be really entertaining for someone to create kind of this, uh, this sort of like '80s style uh, romantic comedy, where <laughs> Ava goes to the city, and then she meets a nice boy, and like they they have a little romance and everything, and she's standoffish, which makes him kind of pursue her more. And then eventually he learns the truth about her being a robot, but then decides ultimately that ultimately that. You know, he's never going to love anyone more than he loves her, and that he's willing to accept her for being a robot. <laughs> that would be a hilarious follow-up, and it would be really funny if they just made that movie. Like, <laughs> that. Everybody showed up to see it, and it was that. And the was trailer like, where it's like, it's like, Jacob was a nice boy living in the city. Yeah. And then one day he met a special girl, Ava, but he had no idea how special she was. He's like... Why do you keep sticking your fingers into the wall socket? Doesn't that hurt? She was the most advanced form of AI known to the planet. Now she's a high schooler. (laughs) (laughs) Ava goes to high school. Ava high. AI high. (laughs) (laughs) AI high. AI high. That's, that is that's the Get Alex Garland on the phone. Yeah. She she builds a she builds a wall plug into her leg, so out of her blue jean comes a wall socket. She just plugs up. Welcome to AI High. Miss, do you know the square root of sixty-four? Yes, I do. Eight. Wow, she's smart. She's super smart. They're like, Ava, what's what's going on? You look like you're running a little low on juice today. Yes, I need to recharge. <laughs> my induction plates were damaged when I murdered my creator. That's a very funny story, Ava. You should be an author. Watch Ava become an author. Yeah. <laughs> That's her tales of andro- android woes. And by AI. AI high.
Class is in session. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> All right. Um, do you feel like talking about other movies about uh, artificial intelligence? Or let me, let me just say, if I didn't say earlier, I, I hate the term artificial intelligence, especially when it when it pertains to something like this, to where it's 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 something that has uh, sentience. Uh, it's an art- artificially created being that has sentience. And so it should be artificial Excuse sentience. Um, but I think sentience is one of those words that we don't know the definition of it. I mean, can you define if a cricket is sentient? Well, uh... There's, there's, or a bird. You, you can sort of say that a cricket a does dinosaur. have sentience in that it operates on its own. Um, it doesn't need input from, from other beings in order to operate. And it has a sense of self-preservation. So I think those are some of the key things when it comes to whether or not something has sentience. But in the way that I'm talking about it, a cricket doesn't know what it is. A cricket doesn't know what it looks like or anything like that. It doesn't have a sense of itself. I think, therefore I am. Yeah. Whereas human beings, like, like we can map ourselves out. We are aware of who we are. Because it's just like anytime you've seen like the funny videos of like a puppy barking at itself in the mirror, that's because the puppy has no idea what it's looking at. It thinks it's looking at another dog. It doesn't have a sense of this is just a reflection, so I'm seeing, you know, myself from from the outside perspective. Whereas human beings have that, and, and something like Ava has that. And so it is that artificial sentience. Um, whereas artificial intelligence, I mean Shit, the the bad guys you kill in a game of Halo, those those are artificial intelligence. You know, your your cell phone, this computer that we're recording on, this is artificial intelligence. It's it's smart enough to carry out tasks on its own without having to be told to do them. There's programming in it, but it doesn't know that it's a computer. Your phone doesn't know that it's a phone. The other players, you know, the AI players on you know whatever game you're playing, they they don't know who they are. They have no sense of self. Yeah. It's lines of programming that are interacting and, and doing what they're programmed to do. Yeah. Whereas when something can make a conscious choice over what it's going to do and, and it has a sense of why it wants to do that, like that's a huge thing. Like having a want, having a desire, that, that is a form of sentience. Yes. Uh, yeah, I wish that I, I knew the difference that this is uh, interesting theories and stuff like that. Man, I, I usually, I'm not very technical so knowing yeah. the difference artificial intelligence it drums up what it's supposed to when i hear it but that's that's actually a really good uh that's a cool way to think of it too well i, I think sentience is a word that is still a little controversial so i would i would break it down even further and what i would say is like what people mean by intelligent is human i think they mean artificial human because yeah well and if that's what they mean like that's i, I think that's what they should say um but I, I realize it's become this kind of catch-all phrase that had its uh, uh, origins in an earlier time to where we we could not conceive the technology that we'd have today, let alone the technology that would exist beyond the technology that we currently have. Well, like, they bring up some really smart points in the movie that, that I thought were brilliant and yeah. worth repeating. And one of them was the whole gray box scenario that they talk about. What incentive does one gray box have to talk to another gray box? Well, what makes something a box is the lack of mobility. And, like, I agree that the robot needs a form of mobility. It's not interacting with its environment if it's just sitting there. It's not learning if it's just sitting there. You know, what it learns is through experience and through its, like, motor skills is a huge part of intelligence as we understand it. And I think that's really what we think about is, like, experience-based intelligence, like, experience-based reasoning. 
I yeah. think is more what we mean. And that's the key thing that you're talking about. Um, I just kind of peeked at the definition of, of sentience. And um, sentience kind of more describes like like feel. Um, so it, it's, it has to deal more with emotions. And we, we clearly know that, that animals have emotions. Maybe their emotions aren't as complex as ours, but they do have them. Um, whereas when you say reasoning, like that is a higher level function that... Outside of human beings, like maybe, maybe dolphins and crows and and possibly octopi possess, but that's a very hard thing to measure for animals like that because they don't exist in a world that we exist in. Because um, we're at a point to where like my reasoning, like if I want to get Matt to do something, I will sit there and I'll think about a plan in order to get him to do something, especially if I want to carry that out and cause him to do something without him realizing what my intentions are. And so there, there's reasoning. But that would never happen because that would insinuate that I know that the wool is being pulled over my eyes, but I do know. <laughs> it would insinuate that I don't know, but I do know. And I like to play along, you know, and I'm, I, a lot of times I'm used to doing a lot of the work, and Manny does do a lot of the work for this podcast, and that's why I am always there to record the shows because I know it's hard to always put in a lot of work, and I appreciate that you do that, Manny. That's why I'm here yeah. to record. Every time you're ready to record, I'm Amen. always there. Absolutely. And thanks to Rob to, for being here. And Man, thanks thank for showing me this me. really good movie, Ex Machina. You know, I, I definitely want to reiterate that the movie's excellent. You know, it's an avant-garde film. It's it's like American neo new wave French. You know, it's like it's so artistic and artsy and beautiful and striking. The cinematography is gorgeous. The storytelling is clean and smooth, and it's sci-fi. You know, it's a it's a it's a technophobia nightmare where at the end your creation slowly stabs you with a knife and you know that may feel like the right ending to this movie for a lot of people but you know I just want to say that that one ending part is not the right ending and to get to the ending you change a few other things in the movie but the movie as a whole is very very good yeah yeah it's very much um, Frankenstein for the digital age and um, despite some some very major flaws uh, for the story and 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 you know, kind of what the story is trying to achieve and the message that it's sending, it's still a really, really excellent film. It's very much worth seeing. And I do hope that this film, in the way that uh, it was influenced by stories like Frankenstein and, and movies like uh, 2001, I do hope that this movie goes on to inspire the next generation of filmmakers to continue those ideas and to really explore them and to create really good stories. Because one of the things that Angie and I talked about was... What if uh, a female inventor created an AI, um, an artificial sentience, um, a, a, an artificial being that has the ability to reason? Who does? A female, a female character. Oh, this is a new story you're coming up with? This is, yeah, this is a new story. Like, if you take this movie, but you, you switch the genders. Yeah. Um, one of the things that Angie argued was there would be no reason for the female character in that story to give... Uh, her creation, sexuality, or gender, which I don't know if I don't know if I completely agree with that because I think that's one of the great points that this film makes yeah. is 
if you don't give a being a reason for existing... Interaction, he yeah, says. Yeah, interaction. Interaction and, is intelligence. Yeah. And I think that that might be and one of the And who else is it going to interact with? Just, just other computer programs, or is it going to interact with human beings? Like, what are you creating it for? Yeah. Right. And if you're creating it to interact with other human beings, like, you do want to give it that sense. And it does have to be something that's reciprocated, because if it feels attraction, like, if, if it's sitting here and it's feeling attraction to you... But you're looking at something that's essentially this beer bottle. Like, but think about you're not going to feel any any mutual attraction to it. Whereas if it looks exactly like your ideal of of the perfect uh, partner for you, then yeah, that that is going to be a reciprocated uh, action, right? But there. at the end of the day, when you're sitting in that workshop, you know, all those long hours, and you're you know you're making that body of that robot, you know, you're going to make a sexy chick robot. Well, one of the for things sure, I was dude. One of the things I was saying, though, um, Sex before before we came in and recorded, though, <laughs> is that I don't think a person who is thinking that way would ever, ever, ever have the ability to create something that All actually those functions that nights. way. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, if somebody is... If, if, essentially, if, if an inventor has the talent, but their motivation springs from their loins, mm-hmm. they're, they're going to fail in their objective. Whereas you have to have somebody who is thinking of it from sort of a more altruistic sort of uh, end in order to create something like this. And so, yeah, they, they might still put in sexuality for the same reason, but you wouldn't have someone thinking about it in sort of the pervy sense that Nathan was. And also, they keep talking about this concern about shutting her down and its self-preservation. But does shutting her down really make sense? I mean, if she's the robot that the Turing test gets passed for... And he's made other models. I mean, doesn't she stay in her form as is? And, and that's the thing that you show to the scientific community. Like, isn't that what you're trying to create, you know? Yeah, but that's like saying if I clone you and I give that clone version of you all of your memories, is that you continuing to live on or is that a new version of you? No, but they don't do anything different to her. They don't change her. They don't. No, but he says like he has to reformat her her but CPU. He shouldn't say that. That's not true. But that's what he says. <laughs> I'm telling you that he but should say. But you realize they have to have the that. Test. They have to have that in the movie so that way she has motivation to do what she does, and and that's sort of the thing is the movie the movie like allows its own um, sort of limitations to cause its own failings when it really really should have rose above it because it did have the ability to do that it did have the ability to transcend into something um where it didn't go in the direction that it ultimately went but it doesn't have to be formatted that's bs but again like here's here's the thing about the movie and this is this is where it is kind of a conundrum for me is it's a movie that speaks to things on a very, very intelligent level to where I think it puts it out of touch of the mainstream audiences. And I'm sure the box office numbers will speak to that. It's a, it's a movie that is, is, is critically regarded, um, highly critically regarded, whereas I don't think it's something that, you know, like, it, it definitely doesn't touch on audiences the way that something like Star Wars does. And Star Wars doesn't have the intelligent ambitions that this movie has. Star Wars simply aims to entertain and to touch on your nostalgia. Whereas this movie wants to get people thinking. And it asks, it does, it does one thing really, really well. And that is the movie, without you realizing it, asks very open-ended questions. Not yes or no questions, but questions that, that allow you to elaborate on your answers. Um, rather than just like nod your head or shake your head. But ultimately what it does is it feels like it needs to 
fit into it needs to kind of follow stories that that preceded it can i ask you one question sure what if instead of the movie that we got it was a movie about a, a manufacturer of sex bots that accidentally created ai while he was trying to modify something in a sex bot and I think that's a movie that you would, like, if you made that movie and it ended this way, it would make way more sense than making this movie and have it, having it end in the way that it did. Because I don't think that he was out there manufacturing sex bots, which we've, we've talked about that a couple times at this point. Just, no, I don't think that was his original goal. I think he wanted to create an intelligent being, but for him, like, he just ended up kind of being guided down this road where his muse was to create something first that he was attracted to. I love And then realizing the that scene. worked against we him. We didn't talk about oh the Oh my dance god, scene. that's the best fucking that's scene the in best the movie. Scene. It, and it, I told you, you walked out of the room the first time we tried to watch it. <laughs> yeah. I was like, you're going to miss the best scene in the movie. But can I say in my defense that I think seeing the movie in, in patches actually made me think better of it than when I sat there and saw the whole thing. Like I thought it was really fantastic when I saw it in bits and pieces. And then when I studied it more, I came to think like, oh man, it, it falls short in some places for me. Because I really enjoy technology stuff. I really enjoy technology movies. And it's the one thing that I'll get sort of realistic about. The way that Manny realistically knows that if you bust ghosts without a license, then you will go to jail. I realistically, you will. You will. And he knows that. He knows the law. If, if there is a court order right. injunction against you that prevents you from bust busting ghosts, yeah. and you bust ghosts, you'll get arrested. Go back we and know. listen to episode, episode two, two, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, just like how Manny knows that, which it's good that you know that. You know, I know that how AI really will work in the future. I know things that are unknowable. <laughs> yeah, and I, I, I do, I do want to say. I mean, again, I don't know if I got a chance to finish the point that I was making, but. Essentially, like, the the topic that I introduced with Angie was just, you know, if you have a female character create artificial sentience, like, like what is that going to look like? Because you don't get that in, in cinema for the most part. Most of the films are about a man who creates uh, an artificial intelligence, and then he has a romantic relationship with that artificial intelligence. Like, there's another film, um, Her, you've seen Her, right? What if the one that the girl creates is like just a gray box with a dildo on top? <laughs> and it just gives her compliments. <laughs> Your hair looks very nice today, yeah. Susan. <laughs> Susan, have you been losing weights? Don't listen to those other girls, Susan. They're bitches. <laughs> No, they have that. They have that on South Park uh, with uh, it's it's a shake weight. Yeah, um, <laughs> the shake weight. Oh yeah, and it compliments faster. her. <laughs> yeah, a little faster now. She's got to trick it off, and then it squirts <laughs> on her face, and then it spits out money. Yeah. Oh my God. Just a little bit faster. <laughs> That's it. And that's the kind of that's the kind of artificial intelligence a man would create for a woman. <laughs> there you go. A fucking machine that compliments her. <laughs> it's so horribly sexist. I'm sorry for laughing. All right. Uh, is there anything else we want to add? Dude, it it was overall a really good movie. I would it was. definitely recommend watching it. It, it. I do too. I know it is really high. Uh, 
technology and stuff, I, I appreciate it, and I'm not super versed in it, and I didn't feel like I was ever lost either. You know, they were really cool. That's one cool thing about how it flowed through the movie is I never felt like, oh my gosh, I can't comprehend this anymore. And that's a turnoff for some people, you know what I mean? And it never got that way. But it was overall a tight movie, and it achieved all the tension that, you know, that I was feeling, that I feel like it was going for. You know, those guys, uh, the two guys, they had this real relationship where I wanted them to be friends because that dude comes off as, uh, the Nathan character comes off so well at first. He's real likable, you know? I mean, he's just such a bro, but he's a smart bro, you he's know? He's a super smart bro, and then all of a sudden, he goes real dark. And so at first, you're kind of willing to forgive it, but as the film goes along, I mean, it gets to a point where, you know, when he finally finds out he got one-upped, you know, um... He obviously knocks the dude out and then goes out to get killed. But uh, overall, I'd say first 45 minutes are, are really good. Yeah. You know, the, the very ending of the film, it, it goes down pretty quickly. But I really enjoyed, like, from the start where you just get right on with the story all the way up to uh, after, I guess, the dance scene. That, that scene yeah. is fantastic, man. Well, what's great about the dance scene is the dance scene seems like something that should be, like, fun and, like, Relax. But the dance scene is the scene that if you haven't already at that point figured out that Kyoko is is an AI. Yeah. Like you realize at that point she is an AI. She is her, his servant, his slave, his fuckbot. Oh, I thought... And that's where you start to really like... That's when his horns come out in that scene. And it's so great too because that's that's just a blood red scene. Okay, what... And you oh, see how yeah. uncomfortable Caleb is. Yeah, well it's... So that's... That, that, that's why like for so many different reasons that's why such it's such a good scene and it's so like just it, it's um, reflective of what a good movie it's in. Can I yeah. say uh, what I thought was going to happen halfway through, which I almost feel like might have been cooler, is I thought that Kyoko was going to turn out to be an AI, but not <clears throat> through the obvious way that they showed it, and that ultimately Caleb was going to try to start hooking up with Kyoko because he saw that. That other dude was doing it, and he was like, "Is it cool if I get with this chick?" Kind of have like a Fight Club vibe to it. He's like, "So is that your girl or what?" He's like, "No, you wanna you wanna hang out with her? Like she's cool. Yeah, like she's really cool. Um, I, I'll, she'll take care of you. You know, I'll make sure she takes care of you." And I almost wish that this movie would have had almost like a, a Fight Club kind of twist to where you you start to like like you get to the point to where when when um, Caleb gets punched out. Maybe that's the moment where like Caleb wakes up and realizes like he's been Nathan the whole time. You know, and that he did all of this, and that he created wow. he created himself as a way to administer the, the the Turing test to Ava, and now he's fucked himself over. That would have made for a really mind blowing movie, um, but ultimately, like we got something a, a bit more pedestrian, and it's unfortunate because it does not like live up to the film. What I did want to say though, as a way to compliment the film is where you really feel that uh, Nathan is his most sinister is in a scene that he's not even in. And that is where uh, Caleb is going and he's watching the videos of just the previous models that Nathan invented. And yeah. that's, that's really, really well done. Oh, it is. And it's creepy and haunting, like especially when you see him. Uh, you mentioned it earlier, the one where she just bashes her arms apart. Yeah. I mean, it was like, oh my God. Yeah. And that also, though, that'll, that'll take it back to why were you not able to disable her remotely? Exactly. I mean, it's just, I would not believe, even if you... I, I don't know how you would program their strength or not, but some artificial being, I definitely don't want attacking me, even if they're not strong, <laughs> you know? Yeah. 
No way, no way. I mean, you can you can very easily program a phase into her. But but here's another thing: is if you wanted to show that okay, he did put a kill switch in her, and then she outsmarted him by removing her kill switch. That's something that they did in Jurassic World, and it made less sense in Jurassic World. Whereas here, it would have made perfect sense. Yeah. If you would have had a scene to where, like, when you see Kyoko show up with a knife, it's because she uses the knife to cut her kill switch out. And then they just happen to use the knife to murder Nathan because he starts struggling with them. That would have made so much more sense. And yeah. I wish they would have done something like that because they would have been a much more satisfying movie at the end. Or as opposed to she like, could have, yeah. man, this bitch is going to run out of juice and just fucking fall over dead. Yeah, like, no, the fuck? Where the fuck does robot come from? Or she could invent nanites and <laughs> embed her intelligence in a series of nanites that go through like a keyhole and then reform into her on the outside. Yeah, but that's that's a completely different movie at that point. Well, this has been Sequelitis. Yeah, thank you very much. Very special thanks to Rob for thanks joining Rob. us. for having me. I appreciate uh, getting to listen to you guys. Yeah, thanks for being on, Rob. Now we're about to listen to it, so we'll see you guys next time. Take care. You don't like dancing? She does. Come on, buddy. After a long day of Turing test, you gotta unwind. What were you doing with Ava? What? You tore up her picture. I'm gonna tear up the fucking dance floor, dude. Check it out.